You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag Stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. Ivan, I, good to see you again. I, uh, it's been a little bit, so I'm, I'm happy to be back with you and with an awesome person from Galaxy who has to join the, the conversation today. So I'll hand it over to you. Likewise, Ryan. It's been a while, so excited to see you again. And uh, I'm excited to introduce Catherine Joling today. Kathy is a seasoned professional in the veterinary industry, currently serving as a senior manager benefits strategy at Galaxy Vets. With over 20 years of experience, she has developed a comprehensive understanding of veterinary hospital operations through her diverse background, ranging from kennel attendant to practice manager. In 2015, Catherine expanded her expertise to include people operations, specializing in total rewards and gaining extensive experience in multi-state benefits administration leave of absence administration, workers' compensation, coaching, and compliance. She holds the SHRM CP certification from the Society of Human Resource Management. Catherine enjoys spending her time with family and her three dogs when she's not working. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you for finding the time. Thank you so much to both of you. I'm happy to be here. So um, I have a bunch of questions on everything that you do because I live in Canada. So our benefits are completely different. And uh, I just want to understand it a little better. So uh, it'll be very interesting to just hear your experience and how did you get into it. But first, I want to ask you, how did you get into the rewards and compensation and what excites you to be doing this? So I initially was a practice manager at a very large medical and surgical center here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I had my first son who surprisingly had a lot of medical anomalies. So it actually made it quite difficult for me to be in the practice managing, right? Practice manager needs to be there. And so um, the company I worked for, I had a very unique opportunity to join the support team and human resources just happened to be the opening. So that's really how I got into this discipline. But as I worked and I and I gained experience, my, my first mentor really said, you know, Kathy, I think, you know, why don't we have you focus on the benefits part of it versus the HR generalist part? And that's really where it just it just clicked for me. Like I, I had this personal experience with, you know, fighting with insurance companies and the financial stress and and all of that with my own child. Then it's like, okay, this is why I'm so empathetic towards employees because I don't want them to have this type of experience. And so it, it really just clicked for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Kathy was... Uh, personal experience with her. She helped me through the time when I had two babies, 16 days apart, which that's a whole nother podcast episode, right? But two different babies um, <laughs> doing, you know, getting the health insurance benefits, changing roles, doing things like that. So it's been extremely helpful. And, and I can say Kathy is extremely empathetic about the difficulties of that. So it's a lot of good stuff to learn from you. And that's exactly why I love what I do. It's because of how I can make a difference or just make it a little easier for one of our employee members. Thank you so much. I can't <laughs> tell you how that warms my heart. <laughs> so Kathy, one question that I have is sort of as an employer, benefits is a big expense line and you always want it to be economical, 
you want it to be comprehensive so people can leverage it and you want it to really fit people's needs and when you're talking about the multi-state multi-profession multi-position benefits it's so hard to cater to everybody and then i feel like what happens and i'll ask this from the question of the business that a lot of the times people underutilize their benefits and then it's sort of like this black hole because you're paying as an employer all of this stuff for them so they can utilize and a lot of people don't even know what they can do and what they you know what they have in their package so what is the uh, most underutilized part of the benefits that you find that you've seen in the benefit packages across different companies so and that, and that's a great topic so surprisingly enough it's actually the employer paid benefits um sometimes people you know they're just not reading the benefits guide or you know they're not engaging and so they just don't know what they don't know so education is a huge piece of it and that starts with the recruitment and the onboarding process um, i would say that the employee assistance program which is a free benefit to employees one of the most underutilized because people just don't understand the scope of services that are included with that program but it can support anything from financial to mental to even child care support um, it's all resources right and it's all free to employees and a lot of us are so busy with our day-to-day -day lives we don't have time to you know go on the internet and look up all different kinds of providers and so the eap really helps um, employees to save money time and also helps to support that work and life balance so there's so many employee assistant program items you you mentioned a few but what if people don't have a particular need like another person does is there a flexibility for the employer to stay in sort of in the equality as well so everybody's getting enough of of different and variety of services and can employers actually have flexible plans so so people with different needs could select the employee assistant program of their choice so within eap it's more of a scope of service that you're purchasing. So it's not so much like a menu, but it's like um, our EAP with life care. It provides all of these services, right? You, so it's one fee for all of the services. Um, employees can obviously choose, pick and choose what they want to use. Uh, for the veterinary industry, for example, there are a couple of EAPs that the employees for the EAP, they're very well versed in our industry and what type of issues and problems that people in the veterinary industry have. The great thing about an EAP is the people that are supporting employees, they are professional people. They are not just, you know, run of the mill um, individual. They're actually professionals in that field. So if somebody calls an EAP and they want mental health support, they're gonna speak to a mental health specialist. And the best part about EAPs are it's always confidential. Your employer is not informed if you go and seek assistance from an EAP. Yeah, I I found it was so I, I've utilized the EAP before for the mental health assistance. You know, I went through a lot in the last year having babies and everything going on, and just wanted to talk with somebody. And it was really nice. You logged in, clicked a button, it said you have three free appointments available, whether it's in person or here's people you can go talk to, here's everyone you can see or anything, click the button. And then I had it uh, all set up. It was super, super easy. I didn't even realize though, that there was all the other supports that you talked about, both with, you know, legal assistance or childcare assistance or sort of filtering out deeper parts of it. So that's, uh, but it was cool. It really channeled it to make it so instead of just booking an appointment with any healthcare provider, it was like, 
hey, just FYI, you have these. And and I don't think that uh, it was something I would have clicked on if I hadn't heard about an EAP before. So the confidentiality of it was cool. The the ability to utilize everything was was really nice. And since then, I've I've looked through the benefits books now all the time. I'm like, what else is there in there? You know, so a lot of them were crazy. Like, hey, you get three <laughs> massages a year through your health insurance or like, there's just these little things that I think people don't realize that are available and that you're paying for, that the company's paying for and should definitely be utilized more. Another component of our EAP too is LifeMart. And so this it's pretty common when a company purchases an EAP that there's this other component of it. So LifeMart for, for Galaxy Vets is a platform where you know our employees can get employee pricing for anything from travel to electronics to buying a car, buying a cell phone. It's it's a really cool service. And, um, you know, everybody likes to save money in this era that we're in right now. That's that's really crucial. Uh, you know, people don't have money to spare frivolously. And so it's a really good platform to visit if you are, you know, planning a trip or, or doing any kind of major purchase. And Ryan, I'm really glad that our EAP was able to help you during a difficult time. Um, it makes me really happy that you were able to utilize it. And it was a positive experience. And I used it for a Costco discount. Awesome. Completely Even different better. subject, See, but yeah, I mean, discount. again, it's really cool. <laughs> um, it's a neat thing to see there. So, so EAP, so in our case, it's something that is sort of prescriptive. Is this something that employ, employers sometimes design themselves, like on top of their existing, like for, I keep thinking about our industry and the, the pet care. And then, because uh, everybody, you know, every tech has five pets, at least a minimum. And then the pet care, this is not something that would be offered through, you know, medical care and stuff like that. But is that also called an EAP? Like if you incorporate that? So our EAP actually provides pet insurance discounts. And so most EAPs have, it's, it's a very, very broad scope of service. Uh, for an employer to create an EAP program themselves, though, and administer it, um, I think it would be challenging because of, like I mentioned, the network of professionals, right? So we'd have to have mental health professionals, we'd have to have financial, legal professionals. And so I've never heard of a company creating their own EAP. I think it's a really cool idea if, if the resources are there, because then you can really tailor it to your company or your industry. I've just never heard of that happening. So I, I think it could be doable, but it would definitely be challenging. Okay. Now, if we switch to multi-state management, this is uh, something that may be interesting to those that are running the consolidation or starting one or in the middle of it. When you're dealing with a multi-state, what challenges do you see as you're kind of, you know, expanding into the new regions? Um, and that's also a great question, too. So different states have different laws, right? So we have, you take a state like California that has a state-mandated disability program. That's auto, employees are automatically entitled to that. Most states don't have those types of programs. Or you take, you know, New York, they have a mandatory paid family leave. I'm in Arizona. We don't have any of those cool benefits. And so it's really just kind of navigating the maze of complying with all of those state laws. However, that doesn't mean that an employer can't mirror their benefits package to match like the, the, the state with the richest obligations. That's um, something when your company is, you know, super profitable, right? I wouldn't, I, I've never seen a company in a startup mode actually offer those types of um, rich benefits, but that's really a challenge is navigating the compliance because there are certain benefits that, you know, it's, it's non-negotiable depending on the state. So when you're, when you're a multi-state company and you're focused on your equality, and then if you have someone 
uh, working in California and you have someone working in Virginia, are you obligated to provide same benefits in two states or you can stay within the compliance of each particular state and that's it? So with a private sector company, you can certainly make the rules as far as whether or not you want to mirror those richer states, but you don't have an obligation to. Um, however, on that same note, to be competitive, because we're in a we're in a world of remote work right now. So to be competitive, companies can create programs like a paid parental leave, which could offer, you know, eight to 12 weeks of paid time off for maternity or paternity leave. That's a huge, huge trending benefit right now. Um, since the pandemic started, childcare resources. So um, some, my husband's employer, for example, they provide employer paid childcare up to the age of three child care reimbursement stipends, those types of things. So you can certainly create other benefits to stay in that competitive range because one, it's the right thing to do for people, right? Because we want to be empathetic to our employees, but also it's a it's great for recruiting too. So you're attracting talent that want those kind of benefits and then in turn you're taking care of them. They will take care of your business. Wouldn't that create this uh, inequality sense? Like if, let's say, if you have two states, someone is in California, someone isn't, but you're working for the same company, and then people in Virginia could be like, hey, why do people in California, we work for the same company, why are we not treated similarly? Have you seen this being a conflict in the past? I actually have, um, especially with California. Um, the company I used to work for, um, heavy, heavy presence in California. And um, some people would, you know, would get confused, like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to apply for disability. And then you have to say, oh, you didn't enroll in disability. And it's like, oh, how come they get to do it? It's just because it's a state compliance. And so it's not the favorite part of my job where I have to tell somebody, oh, sorry, you live in a state that just doesn't have any of those types of rich benefits. So instead of focusing on that portion, really trying to create a program that is inclusive and is robust but unfortunately different states have different laws and so it, it kind of it is what it is in that instance interesting so then and again i'm, I'm kind of digging into it because i don't know enough about it <laughs> um, so for example as we decided uh in galaxy we decided we're going to be a privacy and by design so essentially all the software that whatever we use in our company has to go through GDPR compliance and we check and GDPR is a privacy for those that don't know listeners. It's a, it's a privacy policy in Europe that was implemented several years ago. I was in SmartFlow at that time and we had to comply with it and it was a nightmare to get through it. But in essentially Europe and California now have similar privacy laws, but we decided to fit the standard across the world let's let's just be compliant to gdpr because that's the highest standard so then any regulation that comes into any state beyond that then we'll be always compliant with all the software that we're using building or you know or is a part of our uh system so is it wise or is it going to be too expensive for the company to say okay california is the most demanding for all of these policies and therefore let's just create one package for everybody in the entire country that fits California, or that would be a problem as well, because maybe California doesn't have something that Arizona has. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> and if Galaxy Vets could implement something like that, I mean, we're going to have employees here forever. <laughs> the The challenges with that, though, and I'll, and I'll use California again, um, California is my favorite, <laughs> is there are so many different different laws. And so I'll give you an example. So if, if there's a pregnant employee in California, with all of the state protections, 
they that person could essentially have upwards of six and a half months of job protected leave. And some of that is going to be paid through the state of California, and some of that is going to be unpaid. But it's just the entitlement, right? The, the leave entitlement. Same with New York. Um, a lot of there's New York family paid family leave. There's FMLA. If people are eligible for those programs, it can create, you know, large gaps in, in employment, which I think it's great. I think America is definitely behind when it comes to maternity and paternity leave. Um, like the rest of the country, it's so amazing to me when I hear about like the those types of leave of absence. I'm like, whoa, that would never happen over here. Hopefully it would one day. Um, it would just be very expensive because you have to take into consideration when people are on those leads, are we going to fill those positions? You know, our industry, we're, 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 we have, you know, issues of being short staffed all the time. And so then it's like, what kind of stress does that create on the actual, you know, staff that is in the hospital working? In a, in a perfect world, I would love to mirror California's laws across the, you know, the states. I just think that your company would need to be very profitable before you kind of take a dip your toes in in all of the complexities and entitlements of California. It's just interesting to me that uh, how much I've learned in the last couple of years about the equality, about you know everything in the United States that the the population is striving towards, but regulations actually prohibit that, or you know it's they, they don't support that. It's not prohibiting, but. It's not supporting that through just policies and compliance across the different states. Kathy, what do you think is a piece of benefit packages that a lot of people have that they're not taking advantage of? Um, outside of the EAP side of things, what's something that a lot of people, you know, maybe they're not getting their free contact lens, their annual free pricing on contact lenses, or they're not getting a... Uh, you know, the five toothbrushes that the doctor has, you know, the dentist is required to give them or something like that. What What is there something that people need to think about taking advantage of? Um, definitely, you hit the nail with the hammer. Vision benefits are a huge underutilized benefit. It's, it's very low cost. And so most people just enroll just in case they need to see an optometrist. Um, but that's definitely you know, not using your allowances every year for vision. You know, once the benefit benefit plan ends and the new one starts, that balance gets, you know, washed out. And so you have to start over again. So it's definitely using those kind of um, balances for eyeglass frames or contact lenses, um, things like that. Dental is also, I would say, not as utilized as it could be because people are, are normally just going to the dentist twice a year to get their, you know, six months checkup and their free toothbrushes and toothpaste. <laughs> but um, I can tell you, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I probably don't see the optometrist or the dentist as often as I can, but I like having that insurance just in case I need to go. Dental insurance and vision insurance are typically very much less than medical insurance. So people tend to enroll just in case they need it. Awesome. Well, we did run through the time, Kathy. I really appreciate you joining us for this call. We always ask this one question at the end. What kind of book that you've read, uh, or maybe it's a video, maybe it's a TED Talk, any sort of uh, exciting information source that inspired you recently that you would like to share with the listeners? So um, I have two, and, and, and I'll be really quick. The first one is Emotional Intelligence, the book Emotional Intelligence, Why Emotional Intelligence Can Matter More Than IQ. And um, that's because if we're people, we're all humans first. And so people with a high IQ, you know, they're very analytical, they're, they know how to solve problems, but do they have the skills to understand people? 
And that's where emotional intelligence comes into play. And I was very lucky 15 years ago to meet the CEO of our company. And we had a lot of training. And I really feel like, you know, fast forward 15 years now, it really helped me in my career, helped me be the type of um, human resources professional that I am. And it's funny because I've heard this a lot. Kathy, you're the good HR. And so I just want to keep that flow going because, um, you know, we're really here to support the business, but also to support the people because the business can't survive without the people. And the second one is a video that I saw when I onboarded with Galaxy called My VIS Story with yours truly, Dr. Ivan Zach. Your story really inspired me and um, really made me just want to stay on this rocket with you guys and see where, where we can take your vision. Well, thank you for that. I didn't, uh, didn't really expect that. So thank you for <laughs> reflecting on that one. And Kathy, thank you so much for finding the time and for being uh, the, uh, the good human resource that we have. <laughs> thank you both. I really appreciate being here. Thanks, Kathy. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.